Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. And by the way, if you have not visited MarieBianCuzzo.com, you should do that. I've got a little something there for you. And believe me, there's not much there, but there's a little something for you. Just a little uh, invitation if you want to visit the new site. And in the meanwhile, I want you to welcome my guest today, Leanne O'Connor. Leanne, welcome. Hi, thank you. It's an honor to be here, Marie. Well, I'm very eager to have you talk to us today, Leanne, because I think you're one of the few people that I know of who is actually knowledgeable about helping women to breastfeed if they are obese. And I just want to get clear for everybody here before we get too deep into this, that I'm not talking about a woman who's just a little overweight, you know, a little self-conscious. I'm talking about uh, the CDC's definition of obesity. We're talking about somebody who is many, many pounds overweight. Yes. Right. Right. With with like a a thirty BMI. Yes. Yes. Right. So, Leanne, help me with this because I think that there's this big myth floating around, and this show is about busting the myths and clarifying the facts. I think there's this big myth floating around that somehow women who are overweight or obese don't want to breastfeed or can't breastfeed. Uh, What's been your clinical experience on that? Well, I've worked with women of all different sizes and shapes, and I've worked with lots of obese women, and they do want to breastfeed. I think for them, um, there's, in our culture, there's an inherent prejudice against people who are large. And right. so, so there's, there's that. Um, but they want what's best for their child, just like everybody else. And they do want to be breastfeeding. So do you think that they have encountered that myth from other people? And then does it start to become a self-fulfilling prophecy? How does that work? Well, I, I think on an individual case, it, it, sometimes that's, that's not the case. But culturally and in, in from the larger picture, I think it is. It's, you know, we don't see many images of, of obese women breastfeeding. And, and uh, there, there's, there's just sort of a lack of, um, of support for, for women of a large size. If it's okay for me to share something personal, sure. I was, I was a, an overweight, fat little girl. And, um, and so I was lucky enough in the fourth grade at the tender age of nine to have an army doctor kind of assist me and, and talk to me and, and help me become a healthy weight. But once that stays with you, that prejudice and the, the, the taunting kind of stays with you. And so I, I, I have a sensitive place in my heart for, for obese people because I, that's how I was when I was a little girl and, and, and saw the prejudice, um, and and the assumptions. There are a lot of assumptions about how people um, 
take care of themselves and about their intelligence. I'm thinking about a woman who used to work at Breastfeeding Outlook, and she was easily six feet tall, and she had what I thought was an absolutely stunning figure. But she told me that for most of her adult life, she had been very obese. And she said, when I think about myself and visualize, uh, you know, some activity that she'd done in the past, she said, I always see myself as the obese person, not the slender person. It really helps understand that that's really hard to shake. It really is. It really is. Yeah. So, so we're going to unpack this more in the next session, but can you just sort of list for us just a laundry list of what do you think are the difficulties that women have when they are overweight or obese with breastfeeding? Okay. Well, the first one is birth because um, obese women are more likely to have a medicated birth and a cesarean. And we can talk about that in the next segment about how that gets in the way of breastfeeding. But there's there's also um, you know finding finding a way to to position their baby on their body and to make sure that their their breast isn't covering up the baby. And and there's just this sense of maybe discomfort with their body. And um, so one of the great things that I find empowering for 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 everybody, but particularly for uh, somebody with too much weight on them is that they gave birth to a baby and they're continuing to keep that baby alive with their body. So that's a, that's a new way that they can find to fall in love with their bodies. Mm, I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And do you find, for instance, that they have trouble also finding a bra that fits, for example? Oh, yes. Um, bra- finding, finding the right bra and finding just, and finding finding comfort and, and where they're sitting and comfort in their body and how to, how to lay down in nurse and how to, and just how to be out in public and finding the right clothing to wear. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a lot of things that are, that are similar to, to everybody who's, who's nursing, but it can be a little more challenging for, for a large woman. Well, I'm thinking for instance, with the clothing thing, yeah, you're right. Everybody has, you know, they want to look good, but they want it to be practical and on and on. But the woman who is overweight or obese is going to just plain have more body tissue that she has to deal with and be modest about because, let's face it, most women do not want to be hanging out. They don't. Uh, I was also going to uh, just add another one, which is I've seen that sometimes they really have trouble with hand expression because their breasts are so big. Uh that's another one, and we're momentarily going to go to break here, but just a quick yes or no, do you find that they have more trouble figuring out how to exercise? Oh, interesting. That's a good question. I, I, don't, I don't think so any more than, than, uh, than any mom. I, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Because I was going to say, uh, sometimes I know I just feel bad about myself because I don't want people looking at me, but that's just me. Okay. Hey, listen, everybody, don't go, don't go away because when Leanne and I come back, we're going to talk about some strategies for helping these situations. If you're in them, I'm Marie Biancuto. We'll be right back after this short break.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with my guest, Leanne O'Connor. Leanne is a lactation consultant in New York City, and she's here to talk with us today about obese women and the possibility of breastfeeding. And in the first segment, she was pretty clear in saying, of course they can do it. Uh, It can be done. So, Leanne, before we went to break, you talked about, oh, gee, I don't know, I made a list of some six or eight different things here that you see that people have difficulty with. What Start with one and tell us how can an obese woman help herself with the breastfeeding if she's got that that whatever it is that's sort of an obstacle for her. Well, I like to start with while people are pregnant to to 
either go to a La Leche League meeting or be around other nursing people yeah. so that they can see. Because that's important. If you if you if you are around various people of various sizes, you can see the strategies. That's number one. And it might be a little late for somebody who's already had the baby, but that I, I start with that. Um, the other thing is um, taking ownership of your birth, um, mm-hmm. because birth has an impact on how breastfeeding goes. So writing a birth plan and and being an active participant in your birth, and then once the baby's there. Setting your intention to breastfeed, um, understanding that uh, that uh, just general stuff that everybody has to go through, knowing that babies don't read books and clocks, <laughs> that they have this strong need to suck and to be at the breast. That's that's one thing. But so when we talk about an obese mother, a lot of them talk about how big their breasts are and how they're concerned about their their babies being smothered or covered up by their breast. Yes, I Once, that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One strategy that I learned a few years ago from a, a very large-breasted woman, she took a cloth diaper and rolled it up and tucked it under her breast. Oh, yeah. And it gave her, her breast a nice lift. And I use that on, on my larger women, whether it's they're just giant breast and obese women, because it, it, gives, it gives a little space and a little way for the baby to get on. Um, oh. Leanne, you you really sparked a whole lot of questions for me here because yeah. I use that technique as well. Yeah. And sometimes I've used a washcloth or a rolled mm-hmm. up seating blanket or if, if they've really got a lot of tissue, sometimes I've used a rolled up towel. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask you this. I heard this from a very experienced IBCLC years ago. She said that she told mothers that they needed to support their breast until the baby's head is as big as the mother's breast. And she chuckled and she said, and for some mothers, that's several months. And her rationale was that that helps to keep the weight off from the baby's nose, face, something, I'm not sure what, and then I could talk about a premature baby who, with a premature baby, you definitely don't want the weight of the breast on the right. chest. But anyway, uh, do you think there's any truth to that business about the the weight of the well, breast, the size of the baby's head? Well, what I think we found as in the years of, of lactation is that, um, you know, we're not so much leaning forward in nursing. We're, we're encouraging moms to sit back a little bit further so that 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 they're not dropping their breast on their babies. So in most cases, that's not really necessary. Um, for a lot of moms, I'm not. I generally speaking, I'm not always a big fan of of pillows. But for the larger breasted women and the and the the larger women, sometimes a, like a, a a pillow gives the baby some support, and so that when they are sitting back. Um, there's there's just a little space for the baby to be. Um, you and I are on the same wavelength here because I, uh, first of all, uh, last year about this time, we had Dr. Suzanne Colson come on the show. And of course, right. she talked about the laid back positioning. And I'm a big fan of that for anybody. But honestly, I think it works a whole lot better for, I got to choose my words carefully here. For that woman, that position works better than the typical cradle position, sideline, blah, blah, blah. So right. 
uh, to me, somehow it feels to me like the baby has a little bit more wiggle room, no pun intended there, you uh-huh. know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I would agree with you. I, I think that that's, uh, that's a, a go-to strategy for me and sounds like it is for you as well. I just want to pick up on what you said a minute ago about going to La Leche League meetings or somewhere. I suppose it wouldn't have to be La Leche, but somewhere right. where you get to see that other women are doing what you're doing and that they can share tips with you. And that honestly, Leanne, it feels to me like that it feels doable. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, Currently women are so isolated. We're very isolated and, you know, doing reinventing the wheel over and over. We need a community. There's there's so many articles about the importance of the grandmothers and, and yeah. the different generations in the community of, of helping people to do whatever. And so that's your community in this day and age for, for many people. Leanne, what about visualization? So often I hear the mother say, I can't see. I can't see if he's okay. I can't see how he's latched. I can't see. And it's like, well, they really do have a lot of tissue there. Well, that's uh, why we have mirrors. There you go. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I, I, encourage, I encourage mothers to get in front of a mirror and look and yeah. see. And, and if there's not a mirror where they're sitting, then stand up and go to a mirror or have somebody bring a mirror to you. I mean, that, that's, that's one of the best ways. And or have somebody videotape you or take a picture of you. Oh, yeah. Today, anybody can take a picture. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. It's so true. And Leanne, in the hospital, you know those over-the-bed table thingies where you put your lunch on, okay? Yeah. Sometimes with large-breasted mothers, I've had them put the breast right on that over-the-bed table. Yes. experience with that in a home situation, but it seems like something like a low ironing board or that kind of thing. Have you, have you tried it? Do you think it works? Um, I, I'm trying to think of some of the, uh, the unusual things that, that we've used. I, ha- I haven't used an ironing board, but I like that visual. I do. But um, some sort of prop. Sure I'm not sure that it's great, but I think it's worth a shot if other things aren't working. Let me put it that way. Right. And the thing, Marie, for me that I have to get creative with, another thing here is that I live in New York City and my clients are in New York City and we don't have big houses. <laughs> we, oh. we, we have to, we have tight places, generally speaking. And so, so we have to kind of like figure out what makes the most sense for, for whatever space we're in. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I have seen um, like little dinner trays. <laughs> That right. when, you, when you said the ironing board, some, there was one woman who did temporarily use a little dinner tray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, and sometimes I think it depends on the size of the baby as well. It's Absolutely. Us, the mother, and as I mentioned, with a preterm baby, you definitely don't want that breast weighing down his chest because he's already perhaps having a little trouble breathing, depending on how premature he is. Leanne, talk to us about laying down and comfort. You mentioned both of those things in the first segment. Right, right. So can I just go back to one thing that I, before I forget? Um, Sure, yeah. A sling. I've had some of my, 
some of my obese women put their baby in a sling, like an adjustable sling, Absolutely. so that the baby can be down low and she can get the baby in there and, and feed the baby that way. I just, I, that's, that was an important one that I just saw in my head. Um, going back to laying down sideline is a possibility for anybody. And for large women, it's kind of nice be, to be able to lay down on your side and have the large breast laying on the bed and the baby cuddled up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Now, in, in hospital situations, everybody's a little bit nuts. In fact, yes. I had some woman who was in my comprehensive lactation course a week or two ago, and she told me, I can't remember now where she worked, somewhere in the Midwest, I think. And she told me that in her hospital, mothers were forbidden to breastfeed on their sides because the hospital is all worried about if the mother is going to fall asleep. But that's another topic for another day. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, and so those mothers that are in those situations, they're there temporarily and they, they follow the guidelines to the best of their ability until they go home. I and agree. then when they go home, they, they still need to, everybody has to make sure that what you're doing is safe. So there are safe and unsafe ways to lay down and nurse your baby. So, you know, a firm mattress, never on a soft sofa, you know, um, making sure that the, the baby is healthy, that there's not a smoker in the bed and the mother is, is sober and conscious. All of these things are, are important. And you and I have both lived long enough to know that I could say whatever I want to, to, to a mother in the hospital, but when she goes home, she's going to do what she wants to do. Exactly. So I, I cannot believe that mothers never breastfeed on their sides when they go home. I just don't believe that. So I'm in your camp with, if they're going to do it, let's help them to do it safely. In the minute or so that we have left, can you address a little bit of what you were talking about with finding the right clothing? Talk to us a little bit about that. Right. So clothing should, you should have easy access to your breast. You shouldn't have to undress fully to, to get to your breast. And if, if you're wearing a bra, you went, you were talking about bras, you know, you don't always have to wear a bra, even if you're large breasted, but you want, you want something that's going to be that you can get to your breast, get it out easy and, and comfortably and have, have your baby be able to be with you. And for, for some moms, it, this goes to old school, you know, 101, like if, if you're feeling some self-conscious you know, about what you're wearing, a beautiful scarf or pashmina thrown across you can, can help to cover you up if you're feeling modest. Um, but easy access. Yeah, there's a little advertisement for those pashminas. You know, I have one, I have two or three actually that I put in a suitcase and I'm not breastfeeding, but <laughs> they're lightweight. They give you a little warmth. They're easy to pack. They're just all of those good things. And you can, like dress them up or dress them down to throw them over. You, you know, you're really good to go on that. And that's a great, great suggestion. It's it's a shawl, but it's a very lightweight. Mine are about mm, 27 inches wide by, I don't know, five feet or so long. Great yeah. suggestion. Yeah, yeah. I had forgotten about those, even though I own them. That's a great suggestion. Hey, everybody, don't go away. Leanne and I will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Leanne O'Connor. IBCLC, who is located in the greater New York City area, and she's talking with us about obese women and breastfeeding. So, Leanne, I want to talk a little bit more about the birth experience and uh, also uh, postpartum edema. Do you want to take those on, please? Sure. Well, we know that um, obese women are at a higher risk for, for interventions in their birth, and interventions often contribute to edema because there's IV fluids with an induction and with a cesarean. So, so those contribute to, to breastfeeding problems and, or at least breastfeeding challenges because there's so much edema, so much swelling, it's hard for the milk to get out. And there's some research that shows that, um, 
when there's a cesarean, there, there can be a delay of the lactogenesis too, or the milk coming in um, by, a, by a day for some of these women. So what can you do about it? Well, hand expression, ex- expressing of the milk, taking the colostrum out by hand is, is a really great strategy uh, to, to get the milk moving. And I encourage moms who, who have a delay or a seeming delay of milk to get a hospital-grade pump after, you know, if, if their baby is, is at risk for being supplemented uh, to really get that milk moving. Um, and reverse pressure, you know, moving, moving the, the hands back towards the chest to, to make space for the, for the milk to come out. Um, and there's, there's been all this about, oh, use heat to, to, to get the milk flowing. If you have swelling, we found that ice and cold reduces the swelling and makes space for the milk to come out. Space, that's a good word. We just had a show on hand expression here a few weeks ago. So if listeners want to follow up with that, we've told you a whole bunch about hand expression. And while we're on that, I just want to mention, I've also used that little rolled up washcloth or something to help women do hand expression just to get the weight. Uh, I don't even know if it's weight, but to create some space there. And that helps with hand expression as well. So, Leanne, you were talking about the milk coming in. I agree with you. There have been studies that have shown that sometimes just the having a cesarean can contribute to that. But I've also read studies that say that if you are diabetic, that you have the milk come in later. So, diabetes frequently goes with obesity. If the woman, so let's just say that the woman did not have a cesarean, then do you think that she still has a later onset of the milk coming in? Marie, I've seen it go both ways. For, okay. for some people, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's just, we just have to wait and see and encourage lots of milk removal, either by a baby nursing or hand expressing or pumping or all of them. Yeah, see, I think that's really important because some people really they get onto these studies that show that there is a delay, and I agree there can be a delay, but I don't think that it's all the time. So in that case, I'm going to go with my opinion and your opinion is worth listening to. So so there. <laughs> so, okay. So I know that we could talk about this forever, and this is probably a show in and of itself, but can you talk to us a little bit about polycystic ovarian s- syndrome, that is PCOS? and how all of that fits into the obese woman as well. Well, Marie, I have to tell you, PCOS is so interesting and nearly mysterious because <laughs> I've worked yes. with so many women who have PCOS, who some of them have small breasts, have you know hypoplastic breasts, some have yep. low milk supply, some have oversupply. Yes. I've seen such a wide range. Yes. I, you know, I, we used to think like early in my career it was like, oh, PCOS, oh, you're going to have trouble making milk. But that's not always oh, the case. Not true. Uh-uh. Well, it might be true, but it's not always the case. Right. 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 It's just it's it's a red flag to look for and to be prepared for. So what what I say to women who are at risk for having their babies to get supplemented while they're still pregnant towards the end of their pregnancy, I encourage prenatal hand expressing. 
of colostrum and collecting the colostrum. How early do you suggest that, Leanne? Um, like 37, 38 weeks. Okay. Okay. Because I was just going to say, in theory, not that I know of this has ever happened, but in theory, that breast stimulation should bring on contractions. So you certainly don't want to do it too soon. Right. So what what I have found from talking to healthcare professionals, um, OBs, midwives, um, is that if a mother is not at risk for preterm labor and she's not told to abstain from, from intercourse, then there's no reason at that point. Agreed. You know, agree yeah. 36 weeks too early. 37, if, if a mom is at risk, I tell her to wait till it's 38, 39 weeks. Sure. And, and actually, I am aware of at least one hospital here in the U.S. that encourages that in order to get the colostrum because they know that the baby, of the, the infant of a diabetic mother is more likely to be supplemented. So right. I kind of want to say here that it's this is not some voodoo thing. <laughs> there's, there's actually hospitals out there that really encourage that. Can you speak for a moment to thyroid disorders? Right. This, <laughs> similar to PCOS, I, I've, seen, I've seen the wide range also of, of um, sometimes a low milk supply, sometimes an oversupply. I was working with a mom recently who really struggled to, had a beautiful home birth and everything was great um, and struggled a bit to get her milk production up, but did, did really well. And um, a, when her baby was about like five months old, she contacted me and said there was concern about her baby's weight. And we looked at everything, everything. And her thyroid was off. So um, so if you do have thyroid issues, and sometimes pregnancy can like bring the thyroid issues up, see an endocrinologist who's familiar with um, fertility and milk production and women's health. Going back to your example there, uh, tell me, how many months postpartum was the woman? She was about five months. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this because, Leanne, I do not have one scrap of evidence to support this, but I will just tell you that I have been aware of this more than once. And usually what happens is that the woman says to me, oh, no, no, my thyroid is great. I went for my six-week checkup. I'm all good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, well, that was at six weeks. And this right. is, and it seems to happen right around that three months, four months, five months, right around there. So I've got to believe that you're not the first uh, expert who has told me this. And I, I really believe that there's something to it. I don't know what it is, but I just know there is. Oh, I, I agree. And, and it, it's, it's so tricky. And the problem is, is that because it is mysterious and it's, I don't think it's studied enough and looked at enough because people go, oh, I don't have enough milk. Okay, I guess my baby weaned or whatever, right. whatever, this, whatever the story is. So, so nobody, in general, there's not been a study or nobody's looked at what, what the root cause is. Yes, I think it's just really important that women don't get stuck on what I've heard so many times, which is, oh, my OB said I was fine at six weeks. Because I do believe that. But this is now substantially more than six weeks, and I really think there's something else that happens here. And yeah, and the 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 whole endocrine system, the whole body system, can shift. Hormones are, are <laughs> yes. 
it, it can change. So it's important to stay on top of that. Yeah, because you bring up a point that what happens is that people interpret that as I don't have enough milk. And in fact, they really might not have enough milk. But that doesn't mean that they couldn't have enough milk. It exactly. That this is, uh, you know, I've, I've lost track of how many different doses there are of Synthroid. Uh, if you're listening right now, you might have the generic, which is level thyroxine. But there are many, many, many different doses. And sometimes just a little bit more, just that little increment can really make a big difference. So I think that's really important in the end. I also wanted to talk to you, and we're coming up on uh, just a couple of minutes before we close out this segment, but I want you to go back for a moment to uh, what you said earlier, which was about the intention to breastfeed. Could you tell us what you mean by that? Well, so many people are like, oh, I'm going to give it a try. I'll try to breastfeed. Yeah. That that gives lets them off the hook too easy. and. When somebody sets an intention, they're more committed and they're more likely to to seek out help and to seek support. I agree. And, yeah. And, and that brings me to the fact that we do have research that shows that women who are, who are obese are less likely to continue breastfeeding, even if they start. And But we don't really know why. We know that happens, but we don't know why. And maybe on the other side of the break, we can talk about that just a little bit. But one of the things that I really want to emphasize here is that, as Leanne says, to set the intention or to make the commitment. And so I don't know that the obesity in and of itself is to blame, so to speak. I think there's something else. And one of the things that I think might be part of it is it may well be that these obese women don't seek out as much support. And that is indeed uh, something else that we need to pursue. All right, so everybody, don't go away. Leanne O'Connor and I will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. 
Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Leanne O'Connor. We're talking about obese mothers and breastfeeding. Leanne, I, I was saying just before we went to break that we know that frequently obese women do not breastfeed as long as non-obese women. We don't know why. Uh, two questions for you. First, your opinion is as good as anybody else's because we don't have any research on that. So I'd be interested in your take on why you think that might be uh, the case. And then I want to talk to you about maybe somebody who had a success story. But let's start with, well, why do you think that these women are more likely to give up? Well, I think there it goes back to their support system and and our culture of not supporting women, particularly women who are obese. And going back to what we spoke through spoke about in the beginning about the assumption that you know, maybe they don't, they're not as intelligent, they don't care as much. So it, it goes to that. And, and it can be isolating and, and uh, lonely if you're not, if you're not in a community of and breastfeeding people. That their body image then somehow reflects on their whole self-confidence thing? For, for many, for many people, absolutely. There is, yeah. yeah body shaming it's 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 a real thing yeah so have you known of any woman who is obese and we're talking here obese yeah and that she has beat the odds she's had a long and happy breastfeeding experience 
there there is a mom in my neighborhood who who is obese and um I met her, I believe, with her first child. Um, she came to a La Leche League meeting. And then she, she um, I, I'm not sure how long she nursed the first child, but she saw that there was support. And the second time around while she was pregnant, she came to, she came to my support group. I do a support group also in the neighborhood. Nice. And when she had that third baby, she was prepared. And um, she, she had me come over right away just to make sure and she is that baby is over a year old she is still nursing him she's working full time and um i'm i'm so proud of her oh yeah yeah because i gotta tell you that nursing for more than a year and being a fully full-time employed yikes you know there's a whole lot of women that don't they can't tell that story so that's pretty amazing right and three children like managing that (laughs) So, Leanne, would you then attribute that, I'm looking to give you a little bit of a pat on the back here, but to pat her on the back as well, but also to get some explanation, would you somewhat attribute that then to the encouragement? Absolutely. And I think also her community, a first-time mom doesn't have the same community. When you have a child, you kind of get into that mom world. Right. So it was. It wasn't. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just her. It was. It, it all goes to community. Community, in my opinion, that's so important. Yeah. So Leanne, none of us want to encourage a woman to go on a weight loss program or a quote diet in the first month or so postpartum. But what sorts of advice do you give on this? A woman says, "Look at you know." And a couple of months into it, I really want to drop some pounds. What do you tell her? Right. Well, we start with the idea that she's made the decision to nurse her baby and set her baby up for a lifetime of good health. So I encourage these families to look at what they're eating as a family and to start looking at whole foods and make choices that are healthy. And that's where that's where you start. That's the starting point. And once you kind of, you know, clean out your pantry, get rid of the processed food, and start eating real food, then you can start looking at, well, okay, how do I reduce my calories without being too drastic and without starving myself? And no fad diets. They're not they're not good, they don't last, and they're not healthy. So, so true. So yeah. true. Yeah, I think the cleaning out your pantry part is <laughs> is a is a big piece. But you don't want your kids growing up with that stuff and in order as you know, from being a parent, you can't expect stuff from your kids that you don't expect from yourself. You are the first role model, so they Absolutely. do exactly what you do. Absolutely. So, the better or the worse, you are the role model. Absolutely. Absolutely. So encourage, I also encourage families to have their kids from a very early age to help them in the kitchen. Oh, help them make yeah. food. That's mm-hmm. going to help. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. And Leanne, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned about Weight Watchers and their special program for uh, breastfeeding women. Mm-hmm. What other resources could you name that would be helpful for women who are obese? Um, what other resources? Well, I mean, there's, um, the, I believe that La Leche League has some great um, Whole Foods for the Whole Family book. The oh, CDC, right. right? Um, the CDC, I believe, has some... Um, some great guidelines for, for eating well. Um, just, and, and, uh, you know, uh, those off the top of my head, those are the ones that come. I don't want to just sit and kind of 
take up space <laughs> trying no, to no, remember things. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm quickly, I know that you mentioned this in an article that you wrote earlier, and I'm rightfully mm-hmm. this trying to find right. it because I, uh, I know that you mentioned it. Hold on. But I, I, oh, here it is. It's Eat Well, Lose Weight While Breastfeeding. That's the name of it. Right, right. Uh, yeah. 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 And you did not say if that was the one from La Leche League, but uh, very possibly. I don't believe that that one is, but I could be wrong because I, I, off the top of my head. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, but I but that is a great book. Believe me, the top of my head is often where I get from <laughs> this radio show, but it's okay, you know. It is okay. So uh, before we go today, would you tell us a little bit about your private practice and maybe just a word or two on how you got interested in this obesity topic? Well, um, I have a, a, a busy private practice. I'm in New York City, and I see lots of families. I do home visits. I'm, I'm also a La Leche League leader, and I got involved in this kind of what we talked about at the beginning, my personal story of being a fat little girl who was teased and, and wanting to grow old and, and healthy. And, and then my own experience, um, having put on weight again after my first daughter was born and then working with uh, Weight Watchers and, um, and losing weight. And then, then it, it, at this phase of my life, working with a nutritionist and making some, some good decisions about, about um, uh, want, wanting to learn how to support people. So, Leanne, it is my understanding from what you just said and what you also said earlier in the show that you do provide private consults, but you also have a support group. Uh, anything that I'm missing there? Well, let me see. I, 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 not sure. Let me see. I do. Um, I, I also do uh, private prenatal clubs, um, oh, private nice. consultations. Yeah, the prenatals are great, uh-huh. and yeah. and the group yeah, and and I. If someone is to the leader, how do they find you? What's your website? It's it's just my name, LeeAnnOConnor.com. And spell that for L-E-I-G-H-A-N-N-E-O-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. You got it. All right. And so I would encourage anybody that whether you are obese or not, it is very possible that Leanne is a person who could help you, especially if you are in the greater New York City area. We've got to go. Uh, Leanne, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. And for all of you who are out there and wondering, yes, of course, there will be a, a show next week. Uh, we will have another guest, another topic. And I am very pleased that I was able to reach all of you today. Thank you for listening. Go to my website. I'm at borntobebreastfed.com. I'm also at moribiancuso.com. Please join me next week and every week. I'm always happy to talk with you. Just remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.